Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm John Ryan and this is Pod Roast. This week, Radio 4 Pop Doctor goes for a walk and beautifully researched journalism obscured by tired structure. The annoying barks of a yappy dog, a reassuringly heavy-sounding front door being pulled shut, and some purposeful strides along an appropriately gravelly front drive. That's the cookie-cutter Radio 4 treatment that kicks off Just One Thing with Dr Michael Mosley. It's a new podcast series in which the good doctor takes a quarter of an hour to tell us about just one thing that can improve our health and well-being. Those tips are described as surprisingly simple on the write-up. Now, that's usually producer code for blindingly obvious. And indeed, that's what I'm expecting from episode one, not very tantalisingly called Early Morning Walk. I'm kind of thinking I know everything he's going to tell me from the title. After the probably a nice place in Surrey actuality, it's into the usual acoustic guitar and piano-y finger-clicker theme tune we've all heard a gazillion times before. Michael introduces the podcast concept from a nice warm studio, with typically unqualified statements like, we'd all like some quick and simple ways to improve our health, but we're bombarded with often conflicting advice. He tells us just one thing will suggest just one thing and then goes on to list several. Maybe a few squats to enhance your brain or more bacteria to improve your mood or even brr, a cold shower to boost your immune system. His chirpy brr, is as convincing as mine was. A producer fades up the theme beautifully, so this sinks in as the smugly, still-go-esque piano plinks along like we're all drinking sherry after dinner in what you'd probably call a drawing room. Michael promises ways to improve our life that we might not expect before, without irony, going for a walk. We're outside again, evidenced by too much wind noise, hammy, out-of-breath presentation, and more footsteps effects. Getting out early in the morning, apparently, has some added benefits, he says, keeping us in suspense. I wonder how long this has been on the shelf, as Michael highlights the health benefits of walking in natural light in the winter on his seasonal affective disorder. This on a podcast that drops the week after the clocks go forward. But he's engaging enough and certainly chirpy, although I'm not sure he's shared anything thus far that we didn't already know. Uh, Could you make the time and how quickly will we feel the benefit? asks Michael. Cue a self-described 47-year-old stay-at-home mum called Becky from South London. She tells us this over another finger-clicker acoustic theme. Becky's going to be a guinea pig for us. She has to walk every morning for 30 minutes within two hours of waking up. Michael fills us in on some of the science. He tells us that all outdoor walking is good, but in the morning is better, as it seems to alert our body and brain that the day has started. The producer helpfully mixes the sound of an alarm clock going off. He goes on a bit about melatonin, seemingly unscripted or over-edited. An early morning walk apparently makes us feel tireder in the evening when we're closer to bedtime. Here there's a yawn effect mixed in. I'm not kidding, there is actually a... in the background. 
Later, we hear a snoring effect. I was waiting for the sledgehammer effect to illustrate how deftly this illustration had been chosen. Apparently, exposure to morning light resets our body clocks, and that's important because after several million years of evolution, they've not yet clocked their 24 hours in the day. This is interesting stuff, actually, and even though all of it seems to come off the top of Michael's head, rather than doing anything boring like provide us with any evidence, it doesn't require yet another musical interlude underneath it. It's all a bit choppy at the points where it crosses back to Becky, our guinea pig. She tells us the feeling of well-being and happiness she's finding is better, and she's sleeping more soundly. Michael tells us he's asked her to push herself harder. Some interaction between the two of them rather than this stilted reported speech would have been nice. And finally, we're on to some evidence from Marie Murphy. She's a professor of exercise at Ulster University. She's done some statistical analysis on heart disease and cancer, showing brisk walking is 10 to 20% less risky than just kind of sauntering along. Two to three short walks a day is optimal, apparently, and brisk means you can feel your heart beating and you're warming up there's a lovely description of it uh, being fast enough to be able to talk but not sing michael tells us he uses the bpm of the songs he's listening to to keep his pace he says he uses the bg's staying alive which proves he's funkier than your average radio 4 academic marie tries to persuade him to ramp it up to black eyed peas but any walking whatever you do it is good says marie which takes us back to obvious world although to be fair she does bang on about brisk steps being much more effective than slower ones Another piano interlude, like Hinge and Bracket, have suddenly appeared out of nowhere before Michael introduces the final bit of surnameless Becky, who, surprise, surprise, tells us she's feeling the benefit of her new walking routine. Now, it would be uncharitable to say this series should be renamed Old Rope, but however amiable and time passy it feels as broadcast on Radio 4, probably between a documentary on the history of concrete, say, and an interminably dull edition of You and Yours, I'm not sure I'd go to the trouble of downloading it and offering 15 minutes of my life to essentially learn walking is good for you. It's really unfair, I know, but I'm always a bit sniffy about podcasts made by newspapers. I think it's because I know a newspaper made by radio people would be equally tragic, full of spelling mistakes, and maybe delivered to news agents literally a second before deadline. The Guardians today in Focus took a look at gay conversion therapy. A bubbly synth kicks us off, and a woman's voice. Today, meeting the people fighting to ban gay conversion therapy in the UK. Then two seconds of silence and into an old clip of Theresa May saying she wants to end the practice. How weird is it when you hear a clip of May and the first thing you do is think how reasonable she sounds, given what happened next? Anyway, uh, the above already has me on edge. The first sentence is a headline, and not even a good one. Headlines are for newspapers. Spoken English is for podcasts. Listen to Newsbeat, guys, or some NPR or LBC when a good tech op's on. Hear how well-mixed, well-chosen music brings pace. How silence is not usually a good thing. And let's have some craft. May is faded out as another synth sounder comes in. There's a clip of a woman who's been through conversion. I guess, from what she's saying, it's not set up in a way to be sure. The music stops and starts a bit like it's trying to make a point, or someone's been told to slap some music on it without really knowing why. 
Our narrator's back, and you know what? She's not bad. Even though it sounds like she's reading from the paper. One minute's 43 seconds in. From The Guardian, I'm Rachel Humphrey. Today in Focus, why is gay conversion therapy still legal in the UK? I know some people think a subtle, teasy intro into a podcast works. You've consciously downloaded this thing after all, and you're going to listen, aren't you? I'm not sure that's right. Take your best stuff put it at the top. That's much more likely to keep me listening and call me old-fashioned, but tell me who you are earlier on. There's a good clip of George, George's girl, who starts by talking about evangelism rather than lesbianism. She talks about the hymn sandwich of Methodism and how Happy Clappy felt more attractive to her. Here, Rachel comes into her own. The interview's really good. I've heard a million LGBT people telling their stories, haven't we all? But George is really good, and Rachel teases every detail out. After the interview, there's a weird music theme like you might hear if you're in a flotation tank. It introduces Alicia Kearns MP, who's fighting conversion. She describes people being forced to, her words, imbibe purifying substances, a concoction of quackery in a bag to make them straight. It would be laughably brass eye if it wasn't true. There's another great Rachel moment when she reacts authentically to Kern's description of corrective rape as a conversion technique. It's very strong stuff. Brexit, the election and Covid are the reason this stuff's not been outlawed yet, apparently. Rachel gently challenges on how the word ban appears to be retreated from in recent discussions. One of the best clips is 23 minutes in when married to a man, George, tells us how the pressure of being trapped in hetero prison has forced her to make a change and come out. She talks about her now platonic marriage with the father of her children. Her conversion 20 years ago clearly didn't work and led to a suicide attempt. So props to Rachel. Great interviews and insight into a running story. But it's a bit formulaic in its layout, like someone heard some NPR podcasts 10 years ago and thought, oh, that's how we need to do this at The Guardian. All weak handshake music with an unfound expectation that people will just stick around to hear the best stuff. They've done the difficult work, finding a great case study, putting a campaigning Tory on the spot, albeit very softly. I just think the structure here gets in the way of the story rather than shines a light on it. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed for Pod Roast. This week with Just One Thing with Michael Mosley from BBC Sounds and Today in Focus from The Guardian. I listen to these so you don't have to. Hello and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.